Welcome back to the Jewish Growth Podcast. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. It's great to be with you. Last week, we identified arrogance versus humility as a key distinction between the tzaddikim of Israel and the wicked leaders of nations. On a related note, I recently came across an article suggesting that investors should look at companies who have a humble, modest CEO at their helm. Data suggests that a more modest CEO who under-promises and over-delivers is the best bet for future profits. The Jewish people have always been ahead of our times, promoting humility and leadership thousands of years before the modern era. But what is humility? Okay, we understand that the conceited CEO is not it, but what does humility really look like, especially given that leaders need to make bold and audacious moves? Look no further than the Ukraine to see just how critical strong leadership is. The Jewish people were called upon to wipe out a Malik, and yet, we read in the Haftarah this week that our first king, Shaul, failed in that mission. And what do we make of that failure? The Navi praises Shaul as a modest, humble person. When Shmuel first sought to anoint him, Shaul was concealing himself amongst the vessels. And yet, when Shaul fails to complete his mission, Shmuel the prophet rebukes the king for being too small in his own eyes. So, while the tzaddikim of the Jewish people are noted for their modesty, apparently there is a modesty that can miss the mark. And so it seems really critical that we get an accurate handle on this trait. It can't be that modesty is just a deflated sense of self, something that afflicts so many people today. But what is humility? What is the modesty that we are aspiring to? Let's follow the tragedy of King Shaul as we uncover this very important trait. As Aftara opens, Shmuel the prophet told Shaul, You shall go and destroy Amalek, and you shall not have mercy upon them. This command spoke to the very weakness that a good person like Shaul might have. At first, Shaul demonstrates his great abilities as a leader as he mobilizes an army, tens of thousands of soldiers. Shaul was able to inspire the people. And yet, every politician wants to be loved. It takes a great amount of audacity to make a decision that people might not like. During the Civil War, George McClellan was able to organize a massive army. He was able to teach them how to march, but his constant fear of public opinion prevented him from performing his mission. And he was, of course, a disastrous leader. For Shaul HaMelech, though, King Saul, things began well as his army struck down Amalek and drove them toward the Sinai out of Israel completely even capturing the king of Amalek, Agag, alive. Now, the next step is to destroy the king and all of the booty, at which point Amalek will utterly cease to exist. And yet the Navi teaches us that Shaul and the nation had mercy, contrary to Shmuel's instructions. Shaul and the people took pity on Agag, and on the best of the sheep and cattle. They saw the fattened bulls and fattened sheep and did not want to lose all that. And Shaul, that leader who was so in touch with the people, said, Indeed, we're going to have mercy. While all this is happening, Shmuel was elsewhere. But now Hashem appears to the prophet to let him know that God, in fact, regrets the fact that Shaul is king. Shmuel learns that Shaul is going towards Carmel in the north of Israel to establish a monument to commemorate his victory. So, oblivious to what's happened, Shaul is on the way to a victory party. And this is where Shmuel meets up with him 
and cuts him off at a pass. And when Shaul sees his teacher approaching him, in that oblivion he declares, Baruch atal Hashem, Hakimosi estivar Hashem. Blessed are you unto God, I have fulfilled the word of Hashem. Shmuel immediately challenges him, Uma kol hazeb What is the sound of these sheep that I hear? So Shaul responds, I have brought this sheep from the Amalekites, for the people took pity on the best of the sheep and cattle in order to slaughter them to Hashem. Shaul does not identify himself with the problem. He is hiding behind the people. We should call this as sacrifices. We're not going to get a pound of meat out of this deal. Now, Consider the difference between this response of Shaul to Shmuel versus the response of King David to Natan Hanavi, the prophet Natan. When David sinned with Bathsheba and the prophet Natan came to him to tell him of his wrongdoing, he used a parable and David immediately identified with the sin. But now Shmuel informs Shaul that he's going to Finally, tell him the word of Hashem, and Shmuel declares, Haraf, let go. But before explaining to Shaul what the actual sin was, Shmuel tells him the root of the sin. You have the wrong way of looking at yourself, he tells them. He tells him, Haloim katonata bienacha, rosh shivte Yisraelata. Even if you are small in your own eyes, you are still the head of the tribes of Israel. Yimshachacha Hashem, lamelech al Yisrael. God has anointed you as the king over Israel. You have the wrong view of yourself. You're the leader. And in that role, God has sent you on a mission. Why did you not listen to the word of God? And so here we are touching upon this great contradiction. On the one hand, Shaul is modest and humble. But there's a problem. You're too small in your own eyes. You're supposed to be guiding the people. So Shaul missed the mark. Humility is not hiding amongst the vessels. Now, conceited leaders are ineffective because in their world, it's all about themselves and their egos. And they put themselves at the center of their world while the modest, humble person puts God at the center. But in all of this, the modest leader needs to see how much they can make a difference. The weight of their words, their actions really matter. Humility is not where you miss out on your significance. It's where you see that there's a cause that's greater than yourself. You're subservient to the cause, and other people are come to follow you. Shaul recognized God, but he did not assert himself as the leader to guide the people in the word of God, and that was the problem. He continually hides behind the people that he's supposed to be leading, reaffirming that he has done the word of God as he insists over and over. Shaul continues to declare that to Shmuel that he did not sin, Saul says, I heeded the voice of God, and I walked in the path which Hashem sent me. I brought a God king of Amalek, and I destroyed Amalek. The people took the sheep in order to bring offerings to Hashem. Here Shmuel starts to expose some of the contradictions of Shaul's story. And Shmuel said, does God want sacrifices? God only wants it. You should listen to him. To listen is better than sacrifice. The critical thing here is that 
Shaul's job really was to lead the people in upholding God's word. And that's where humility is at. Recognizing that greater cause we're bound to and bring people to the cause. Think about a leader like Volodymyr Zelensky in Ukraine. As Russia pounds Ukrainian civilians, bombing apartments, maternity hospitals, amongst other places, Ukraine is fighting. How do they have the audacity to do this? Obviously, the people of Ukraine have a great national spirit. But don't forget, they have a courageous leader who is calling upon them to fight. And even calling out other world leaders, putting them to shame, reminding the world that freedom needs to be fought for. As Zelensky recently told British Parliament, we will continue to fight for our land, whatever the cost. We will fight in the forests, on the shores, in the streets. Zelensky is a humble leader. No one thinks for a moment that he thinks it's about him. And yet, even in that humility, he has the audacity to call upon his people to do the impossible. And in our story too, Shaul finally does declare to Shmuel, I have sinned. After so much denial, Shaul declares, Yaresi asa'am ve'eshma b'kolam. I feared the nation and I obeyed their voice. Now this is an acknowledgement of guilt. And at the same time, Shaul is still, to a degree, passing it on to the people. I followed their voice. It was their idea. A leader takes full credit. Shaul does not take full credit for the sin. And at this moment, with Shmuel leaving, Shaul grabs Shmuel by the coat and the garment is ripped. Shmuel poignantly remarks, God has ripped the mantle of royalty from you. Today we fulfill the mitzvah of recalling what Amalek did unto us as we eradicate their remembrance. Likewise, we call out evil in our days. It takes courage to call out evil. In that light, we need to be humble, but we also need to recognize our own greatness. The other day, I was reading an article about options that the West has to stop Putin. The author mentioned a whole bunch of things that Congress, the EU, and others can do. And then he added one line. Citizens, he said, in the Western countries should consider protesting outside of Russian embassies. It was just a small suggestion highlighting that even regular folks can do something to help. And then I came across a Facebook video showing the son of a friend of mine who traveled from Israel to Poland. And this man went to a refugee camp to go and cheer up children. I saw another musician leave his home in Germany to go play music for arriving refugees. These are people who see that their small actions really make a huge difference to lift up other people in times of distress. The power of our small actions is a critical theme of all of the mitzvot of Purim. And on Purim, we commit to eradicating Amalek from our world. We need courage to do this. And with our own courage and that of humble leaders, we should always remember that each and every single one of us is very great in Hashem's eyes. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Bros Podcast.